I don't know. I want to write music that's real for people. I don't want to write things that are bullshit. I don't know. I don't want to write bullshit. I want to write things that are real that I think about and struggle with. This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to be a part of the Champagne Showers podcast network. Welcome to Champagne is also a band podcast. Today I have Red and Gray from Red's Head. So, Red and Gray, welcome to the show. Thanks, Thanks for, for having, having us. us. So today we're going to be listening to your song Glitch, which we just recorded in the studio here. So without further ado, let's listen to the song. Thank you. 
vodka, coke and tabs, weed and nicotine Latin witchcraft instead of sleep guess my first and favorite question to always ask is what came first was it the lyrics or was it the music i wrote this song together the lyrics and the melody and the chords at the same time i think i picked a chord progression and then i started improving on it and i found a melody that i liked and then i just wrote the whole thing in one sitting like that from okay. front to back you said that it started off with the first line so mm-hmm. it really was i want to buy a subaru was the first line yeah that was the first line i was seeing a girl that i met at a bar and then i was thinking about it and texted her and asked her to hang out and she said she moved and she said she moved indefinitely so i was like i'll write i'll write this in the song <laughs> yeah. like so that's like verbatim like quote indefinitely quote i'm moving indefinitely like no. <laughs> yeah oh it's interesting i think about the structure of the song 
and kind of what's going on lyrically. There's the interplay of what's happening musically. There's the four chords that, that happen in it. There's enough variation that it changes with the chorus, with the verses. I'm curious, like, how did this start shaping up into the song that it became? I wrote it on my porch, and I remember playing it for my friend, my one of my roommates that came outside. I was like, I just wrote a song. Do you want to hear it? He didn't like it at all. He was like, no, I don't like it. I was like, okay, like, what? what's wrong with it? Or what, what do you think? And he said that it was too wordy and that there was zero structure and i was like that's that's what i want like that's on purpose like (laughs) i was trying to to depict my own brain in a song where it's just all of my raw thoughts that come out it's supposed to be just i wrote a verse that's what i had in my mind at the time and i just kept going with that verse and sometimes each line was completely random but it told a bunch of different stories that happened to me in the last couple months that when i wrote that song i'm curious so Great. When did you become a part of this song? I would say that this song, along with most of Red's music, is very improvised and like it's usually not the same several times over. So like I would just say that from playing the song several times, I've kind of like figured out where I like to sit. We have some amazing musicians in Red's head and they definitely do a great job backing up Red's vocals. The way that I came about, I guess, joining Red's Head was actually through a mutual friend who knew I played guitar and had never heard me. I'd never heard them play. And they were just like, hey, do you want to come jam in Red's basement? And I was like, yes, I'd love to. I don't know. I feel like it's been a very amazing like learning experience for me as a slightly newer player compared to the rest of the band having these like great jazz and other genre musicians there to support me. I was thinking about the structure and one of the things that you said earlier, Red, was that these are just these different stories kind of coming together, but also, and allow me to extrapolate and maybe make a few assumptions too, but Mm -hmm. each verse is kind of a different story, yes, but also I feel like you're using it as as a way to kind of explain you, right? Mm -hmm. A little bit like, this is me. I feel like there's these two push and pull moments where some of the verses are very much about something very directly like reality, and then others feel very escapism, where it's, it's this thing of, you know, there's a reality of the girl that drove the Subaru, and then you have going into... This idea of, I've been having some crazy dreams. I guess I'm not saying it right, but I guess I feel like there's this cool push and pull between reality and, like, escapism and also, like, getting your own sense of power or answers, maybe, about Mm -hmm. your own self. I'm just curious about your thoughts about Mm -hmm. how this came together. Again, I was sitting on the porch one day, and I think it happened before I was writing the song. I don't know if you will relate to this or not, but sometimes I'll be sitting outside and I just feel like there's a glitch. I saw a glitch in the in reality. Like I, I was sitting there and I saw like the lights flicker or like on the street or in a particular way that was like, okay, this was just this, like, this is a simulation and they just like tweaked with it. Why did I just see the same car pass by like, a, like this many times? Or why did I just see 
five black SUVs, like the same shape, just past my house for no reason, like of all different kinds of people in them. The song is talking about how it's a, okay, it's a check-in about where I was at in my life, about what was going on with me in general, and how I cope with being and living in a simulation. So how I escape the simulation and things that I do to escape it and and things that I do in my mannerisms that don't escape it that I'm working on to like escape reality more I guess the girl with the Subaru I remember meeting her at the bar and then going outside and I'm like that's your car like you're kidding that's not your car like how's how's that your car she's like yeah like this is my cloud blue Subaru I'm like okay this is has to be a joke and then we get in her car and and the lyric says she drove us home drunk from the bar she wasn't drunk we were drunk she was like do you want water and we were like yes we want water and she had a full case of water in her trunk like ready for this moment and I was like this is you were prepared like this is crazy and then I just start talking about how I had a house show and I met some people in my hometown and they came visit and they were performing we got into some witchcraft and eventually I was in a coven of witches that I um yeah it went bad very fast and I was inducted into it without consent didn't know that I was in it yet it's basically talking about how after I found out that they I was in it and they're like yeah you're in it I was like, okay. They told me that they were astral projecting to me to figure out what my aura was, like what color my aura was, and they wanted to figure out how much power and energy I held. He, his best friend, the guy that came to visit, was supposedly an archangel, or I don't, I don't know. That's what they said. He said they said he was an archangel, and so they had him astral project to me in my sleep to figure out my energy, and he couldn't reach me. He couldn't. Well, he, re- he reached me, but he uh, couldn't figure out what was going on at all. Had no idea. Couldn't break through my wards because I set myself up for success in that. So I was like, yeah, I kept having these dreams where I would be like shaking and saying things and yelling and getting up and kicking and all of this in my dream and I won't wake up and then someone would they'll be shaking me to wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I was not here for like quite a while i thought a lot of that was figurative or or even just metaphorical yeah. but wow mm-hmm. yeah it, i had my own glitch moment too of like was that actually wait so that was actually real that seems to be the more glitchy thing right is that yep. that was actually this that that yep. was based on a real event rather than <laughs> i'm curious about the Latin witchcraft instead of sleep mm-hmm. is that now is that referring back to the the coven of witches? From- yes. Yep. Okay. He was in my kitchen saying witchcraft mantras and speaking in Latin to me, <laughs> like literally, yes, <laughs> like speaking in Latin to me, like witchcraft in my kitchen, and we didn't sleep that night. We did witchcraft all night long, and I was I had a house show the next day, uh-huh. so it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And of course, the Chicago indie kids yes. coming down from yep. Chicago mm-hmm. for the house show. Re- yes. Yep, yes, it's it. for the house show. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Grace I'm a Chicago, Chicago indie kid. <laughs> yeah, nice. that lyric is about after I started having parties here and shows in the music scene. The energy in the room and all the people was just amazing, and and I noticed most of the people were from Chicago. And they're all indie kids that come to the show. Yeah. So it's like Chicago indie kids. And then they all have high frequencies. Yeah. They have high vibrations. I feel like it was kind of like a double entendre almost because it's like high frequency, like partying a lot and also like 
partying like high frequency as in like high energy so gray you mentioned that a lot of the other members of red's head have some jazz background etc and like how do you feel about how that meshes together with the overall sound of like red's head and even more specifically this song i feel like i've struggled with mental health for a really long time a lot of these scenarios aren't necessarily like they're very far away from my reality especially at the time that the song was written but in many ways reflected kind of the emotions that i was going through coming into red's head i was not in a great place mental health wise and i felt like in many ways being able to express myself musically in that way helped a lot and i guess like circling back to the previous question i think that well obviously jazz musicians tend to be very flexible in terms of style just because it requires a lot of knowledge and intuition and experience I think that it adds to the sound of the band because in many ways we're all kind of in our own heads thinking about how do I add to the song the best that I can. We all do it in very different ways, but at the end I think it comes together to create like a much more pretty and nuanced picture at the end, especially because I feel like musically we're not all the same mindset and we all come from like pretty different backgrounds in terms of like our influences and stuff so i think that it doesn't really detract from the sound okay so i wrote a lot of my music i wanted it to be played with a band but i wrote this on ukulele just singing it with ukulele a lot of my music i write the chords i don't really write melodies for guitar at all i just give them chords and i say okay here play improv we shuffle all of our musicians in red's head because we always have a lot of gigs and nobody's ever available at the same time we have different people play for us at every gig and everyone just learns the music so if it's just chords it's not easy but it's easier for people that are guitarists that have jazz background to just pick up chords and improv on it than us be like hey play this exact thing at this part for every song if we can just give them chords and be like hey improv this i want this here i want this here or they can just listen to other musicians and get the vibe i don't know i want to write music that's real for people i don't want to write things that are bullshit i don't know i don't want to write bullshit i want to write things that are real that i think about and struggle with if i'm going to say something to the world i'd rather say something that other people can't say or are scared to say that will help somebody else that is hearing it that's like one thing I always try to do. The last verse is talking about what's the word? <laughs> what's the word we came up with? In the car. Yeah, I know, I know, but I can't think um, of the word. Oh, um, oh, I, oh we oh, have oh. bad eating habits. Yes, yes, <laughs> we yes, have that's habits. the word we came up with. We have bad eating habits. I'm on stage singing. It's interesting to me to sing this for a crowd. That's different every time. It's interesting to get their reaction when I sing this last verse every time. It's different. But I'll sing the verse. It's, it says, I wish that I loved my body, a 6-1 twig with too many hobbies. And it's like a joke, but it's not a joke. It's completely literal. <laughs> Our band has a lot of trans people and all of us have like body dysmorphia and gender dysphoria. And that's one thing a lot of people struggle with, but not many musicians will talk about it because it's a new thing that's being accepted so when it's like i wish that i love my body six one twig with too many hobbies yeah i'm six one <laughs> i definitely resonated with the yeah. too many hobbies yeah and then i can't live off of strawberries 
Yeah. yeah. I'd rather just eat strawberries. I don't want to eat real food. I'll just eat strawberries and be fine. Right. But, Frozen um, mango chunks are my yeah. preferred <laughs> <laughs> fruit snack thing. But yeah. I feel like maybe just because there's not as much recorded music out there of Red's Head, I feel like Red's Head manages to be more of like a live band like that's that's the vibe right so you know you kind of uh alluded to that but i i mean it's one thing to record something and then kind of put it out there and then just kind of wait to see if an echo comes back like of somebody that relates to it or, or resonates with with the words as i said like you alluded to that is that you will perform this in front of people and i guess Maybe I'm going to turn this as a little twist is like in writing this song, I'm fascinated. So maybe I'll just disregard all of that before, but um, <laughs> don't worry. I'll try. I'll try to bring it back together. Yeah. But um, no, just because I keep this is this is my glitch here. So, yeah, exactly. um, so I guess maybe one of the things that I think is interesting is when you write something that's personal and some of it is is kind of this out of the ether and even some of the stuff that is literal, do you, are you finding the sense of things that you didn't know about yourself as you revisit and as you perform this for other people? Like, does performing it for other people give it a different, like, meaning? I don't. I, does, does that make sense at all? Like, sometimes yeah. I feel like there's this weird thing of, like, the audience becomes not necessarily like a mirror, but more of like a filter or something mm-hmm. that, that like can bounce new information back at you. And maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't mean to be all like yeah. metaphysical about it, but like there, there's something about empathy and being able to f- experience that live sound. So mm-hmm. as a live band, is that, is, has there been like this sense of learning new things by like performing this Mm -hmm. when i'm performing i'm always anxious i have stage fright very bad i'm always freaking out when i sing this song sometimes i'll just flip a switch in my brain or in my mask i guess where i will just start pretending to be confident because that's one of the best ways to make yourself see that you are confident when i sing these lyrics i feel confident when i'm like singing it live it makes me um most of the time no i don't feel confident i i pretend to be like the the chorus mainly it's kind of therapeutic to take back all of these things in your life that happened to you and just everything that is overwhelming i guess the chorus where it says like wait till i make the universe my bitch it's like a warning almost to everyone and like the audience like i'll look everyone in the eyes and like just wait like just wait until i get like control of all of these things that i have to deal with wait till i am able to just cope with all of it and see what happens to me then like that's kind of what i'm talking about there it's interesting to me when I'll talk to people after the show and be like, oh, did you like it? Like, what did you like? What was, I always say, what song did you like the best? And people will say glitch or someone kind, right? Most of the time. Yeah. Um, We like playing glitch last too, because we'll do like a jam section at the end where everyone's just improving for a while and it's not notated where we stop or who solos at all when i ask people about this song they'll say oh yeah i like the song that has the lyric i can't live off of strawberries and i'm like okay so this is interesting to me that one of the only lyrics people have like regurgitated back at me of of my lyrics that i've asked them like what lyrics did you like what did you like they'll say that lyric that verse is oh it's always about 
I wish I love my body, six one twig with too many hobbies, but I can't live off of strawberries. And they always remember that for some reason. And it's interesting to me when people come up to me and say that, or I ask them, I say, what was your favorite? And they say, I know this lyric. And that's the only thing I remember about the whole song. They won't even remember any of the lyrics in the chorus. They'll only remember that verse. And it's interesting because I know that it hit them very hard. If they remember that verse and not the chorus, then I know that they have to be dealing with or have dealt with the same thing that I went through. And I can just see like the appreciation in people when I sing things like that, that they've experienced also. But nobody sings about these things because it's not a happy thing to sing about. I think the thing about that verse that stands out most is I I feel like that's the most laid bare. Yeah. Everything else kind of is, how do I say, like, is kind of buried in a story. And then this one is just, it's like black and white. It's, yeah. it's, it's not in the context of a story of something mm-hmm. that happened. It's like all the other stuff seems like it's things in the past. And then this one is the one that is like the reality, the, and, and whether or not that is at that point, the specific reality in the song, it's like a spotlight. The one thing when I listened to it, that was the one thing that is the verse that stands out. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I guess that, that that leads into one of my questions, which is like, I'll start with Gray. What is your favorite part of the song? It's hard for me because I think lyrically and musically, my favorite parts are different. I'm always going to be partial to like jamming just because it's a much more freeing experience, I guess. So I really enjoy the ending section of the song, just the vibe that it creates. But in this recording, I'd say that my favorite part would probably be not to echo everyone else, but... I, I think that the lyrics are in the second verse are very strong, and my first time listening to them, which was last Halloween, I went to a house show at Reds, and this was the one-year anniversary of my grandpa and my ex-boyfriend both passing away on the same day, and it weighed on me a lot emotionally, and I think having that experience, being able to go to, you know someone's house who I didn't know and hear music that really spoke to me in that way just made a huge difference. And ultimately I ended up, I guess, reconnecting with it as one of the musicians playing it. And I feel like that it's a very emotional song. And as, as most of Red's music is, I just think that that's a big reason why it connects with people and why I just feel like I want to keep coming back to it because Every time I hear it, I hear it in a new light. Red, what's your favorite part? My favorite part is either the first verse at the beginning or the part where it says, the trees say hi as I skate by, as I watch for your glitch. Yeah. I think that the way that you set out the imagery in a lot of the parts of the song makes it like more of a, a visual experience it only makes the more literal parts like hit harder, I guess. Mm -hmm. Having everything else be like super descriptive and like, it's like a camera in some way. It's not depicting the emotions, it's depicting the imagery. And then when you go to the emotions, it like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm circling back on what I was thinking. At this time, I would hang out with trees a lot, a lot. I would go to the park and just sit by a tree and just talk to them. And they'd talk to me and I would tell them about things. I would tell people all the time and be like, oh, do you hear them talking? Like they're talking. And then they'd be like, no, I don't hear the trees talking. No. And I'd be like, you can't hear them. And then some people would be like, what did they say? What did they say? And like, 
they say, it's going to be okay, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> that's Most of the time, that's what I would hear them say. But um, uh-huh. it's funny that the parts that you would think are completely not literal are quite literal. <laughs> uh-huh. Why did you pick Glitch as the song you wanted to talk about today? Everyone likes this song, and so I thought, if we have nothing recorded so far at all out, uh-huh. there's nothing out, it's only things we've recorded by ourselves or... Yeah, not full recordings. Nothing is out. So I was like, if we're going to put out the first song, I guess, then I feel like we could do Glitch as a single because everyone likes Glitch. (laughs) Everyone likes Glitch and it has a lot of lyrics that are very meaningful. It's mostly because of the lyrics that I picked it to talk about. Last night we were playing music for a while and we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do. And I was like, oh, like, I don't want to do Glitch anymore. Like, let's do a different song. But then I was like, oh, like... like, Right off the bat last night, you were like, I don't want to do Glitch anymore. I was like, no, like, I don't want to do Glitch. Like, fuck Glitch. Like, we're not doing Glitch. (laughs) And then (laughs) we were probably, like, going over... It was, like, one or two other songs that we were thinking about for, like, a good, like, couple hours. No, it was hours. Yeah, Yeah. hours. But we were just fiddling around. We were writing new guitar parts for a different song. We were like, oh, maybe we should do this one. But I was like, wait, like, I already sent him the lyrics of this one. So he's going to have questions for the song. Yeah. So it'll be mean if I'm like, oh, we're going to actually do a completely different song. So <laughs> I mean, that's happened before. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're, you're not wrong, but, yeah. I, you know, I can roll with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, not that this isn't a great song to talk about. So I, I mm-hmm. you know, I feel like it's got a, a lot to it that yeah. you, you lend a voice to things that not everybody is really going to talk about. So. Yeah. I just think there's so many different ways to interpret the words and even though a lot of it is very literal, different people take different things from it. That's part of what makes it a good song, I guess. It's Mm -hmm. very clear about its intentions, but it's not overly analytical or like too direct about it because it's a difficult topic. You want to somewhat dress it up in, in nice clothes, but it's still like metaphorical clothes you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah i think glitch is trying to say that even if you don't have everything figured out or you don't have a grasp on anything that's going on in your life doesn't mean that you are just fucked you're not you have so many options and there's so many things you can manifest and do for yourself to better your situation glitch is talking about all these things have happened to me and i'm stuck in this loop of just hierarchy and government and simulation that you get lost in what is real and what isn't real or what matters and what doesn't matter just checking in with yourself there's so many other different ways to do that in this case i did it via writing a song checking in with yourself to make sure that everything is what's going on with yourself what do you want figuring out what you actually want in your life in general and figuring out how you're going to get there and how you're going to manifest it to happen to yourself just telling yourself that it won't ever happen whatever it is that you want won't happen to you is not going to help. You have to manifest your own reality. That's the main thing that it is trying to hit at. I guess my perspective is slightly different. Growing up, I didn't have religion or like anything, I guess, like that in in my life. And so I've grown to be a very realistic and like kind of like brutally realistic person about myself and then like overly optimistic about everyone else. I think that in many ways, this song kind of does remind me of just like humanity and reality is not as cut and dry as it may seem to me and while i don't necessarily think that like i mean i'm a bio major i'm like 
I guess, very like realistic about a lot of these things. And I find that diverging from that and going into this, okay, manifesting things, it works because your intentions are there. And I think that that's the most important part is like having your intentions in the place that you, you want to be. And I think that nothing is achievable if you don't actually want it. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Jubilee Cafe. Jubilee Cafe is a free weekly meal program at Community United Church of Christ, 805 South 6th Street in Champaign, Illinois. Jubilee Cafe serves a home-cooked meal from 5 to 6.30 each Monday. Their mission is to feed hungry people by cooking healthy, delicious meals and by serving their guests restaurant-style with servers waiting on tables. Jubilee Cafe is open to anyone who cares to eat with them. Because food insecurity among students is so high, they serve students as well as others in and around the Champaign-Urbana community who struggle with hunger. Meals are free to all and will be served each Monday evening, located in the accessible lower level of the building at 6th and Daniel Streets in Champaign. For more information on the meal or how to volunteer, Go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email them at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. That's jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. Welcome back. So, Gray... What is your favorite Champaign-Urbana venue? I think that one of the first ones that I really got into and started like getting to know people at would be the Spice Rack. And it's right across the street from my place this year. And I feel like I've just found a lot of very cool people, heard some great bands there, and just been like a pleasant experience every time I've been. Well, I'd like to say that about many other places as well i don't think that any other place has been like consistently chill i'm actually not in touch with the ownership of spice rack i don't know them but i know a lot of people who frequent there yeah and i think a big part of it is it's just like a lot of alan hall kids and Mm. i was an alan hall kid i feel like it's proximity to alan hall along with a lot of other factors make it probably my favorite and i've just been there the most out of any other venue other than red's Red, what is your favorite Champaign-Urbana venue? I'd say Cranert. When I came to U of I, most of it was because of Cranert. I didn't know how I would be able to sit with myself going to another music school that had a concert hall that was less good than Cranert because I got to play in Cranert a couple times in band growing up, and the sound in there is just amazing. I remember one time we were doing Super State for band. It was my first Super State, and it was the first one in years that we'd gotten into. And I remember we played Bach 12. We just played the first chord and cut it off. And I remember like just start crying immediately. Like half the band start crying immediately. The reverb is 12 seconds long <laughs> in Craner, but they uh-huh. built the entire hall based on sound. All the fabric on every seat and the carpets and the ceiling, everything is made specifically for good sound. I would be remiss if I didn't mention Red's house venue. I want to know about, like, how did that come about? Like, when did you decide to have a venue? Freshman year of college, I was in a dorm, and I told all my friends I'm going to throw huge parties next year. 
And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to get a house and I'm going to throw huge parties. The best parties you've ever seen. And they were like, okay. And then I got a house and I didn't have roommates. So I found random roommates, filled the house. I told all the roommates, I'm going to be throwing huge parties and you have to be okay with it. It's going to be loud. I'm a music major. I play music all the time. And this is what I'm going to do. And they were like, okay. It was August. And my friend said that their roommate wanted to do a show. And I was like, okay. And they needed a house they didn't have anywhere and then i was like okay i'd be interested in like talking with them and seeing what is gonna go on and then they were like okay we want to do a show this is all the bands this is what we want at first it was with a club i told them that my basement was completely full of wood it was a wood shop like in the basement whoever left my house before me left all of their things covering the entire basement so it was like hours of labor <laughs> to get rid of all of these things i told the landlord i was like are you gonna come get this stuff and he was like no so it sat on the front lawn a huge pile of stuff for this first party and that we took pictures of the of all the junk because it was so funny i had been doing all the work with a one person that said they wanted to do a party and then the club that was doing it with me stopped responding and i was like okay they never told me they didn't want to do a show anymore so then we were like, okay, well, we're going to do our own show and we might have to switch some of the bands and switch every logistic, but we're going to do our own show. So then we did our own show and it was the biggest show I ever had. There was probably 400 people in my house at one time and I had a bunch of bands that were amazing. I didn't have a band yet, so I did a solo act and I opened it. One of the bands that I had at the first show was Kangaroo Court and it was one of their first shows that they've ever done. Now it's like cool to say that they played it my first show and it was their first show because now they kind of blew up a bit but um there's a lot of people <laughs> and i have friends that i've heard tell me about the show they weren't my friend at the time they just came to the show and then they became my friend later and they're like yeah like that first show was when i decided i want a band i want to start a band i want to play at this house i want to come here i want to do this all the time and it, and it inspired a lot of people and it was beautiful i loved it it was great it's a luxury i get to have where i get to pick what kind of live music i want to have in my own basement to listen to and i have a very wide genre of music that i like listening to every band is different that plays at the show they're never all rock or all indie or all rap uh sometimes but barely ever but most of the time it's all of those together yeah i feel like there's a, a good mix some some good bands for everyone to enjoy and mm -hmm. first of all the stories you were telling are about your old place mm -hmm. and recent or not recently but yeah. like at some point you moved over to another place yeah yeah, yeah. i had an issue with cops at the first place because mm -hmm. my neighbor did not like it or me so he would call the cops on every single show multiple times a night right. it came to the point where i was going to court for noise complaints mm. and it was too much money can't do it but i can't stop doing this so i needed right. to figure something out so i moved but i moved down the street because i knew that the neighborhood was perfect but it was just this neighbor it was only one neighbor that it was an mm. issue with nobody else was calling so i moved down the street and i soundproofed this next house better so We've had the cops come once, and they did not give me a ticket. So, <laughs> we're much better off now. But And also, the house is, I think, better for it than yeah. the last house was. Cool. I definitely think that the neighborhood itself has, like, a lot of music going on. Yeah. Like, Urbana, specifically that area of Urbana, but just in general, I feel like there's a lot of good, like, student bands and, like, just, not just students, but, like, just good vibes. It's a, it's a good, good area. So... Cray, 
what do you think makes a good music scene i think that there's a lot of factors that like can combine to make a good music scene but i think every scene has its own combination of these things and i think it's mostly like safety and like a sense of community are the big two and then start thinking about like smaller details like i don't know what kinds of bands are in the area like what does the scene look like slash what is it leaning towards and i know that a lot of smaller scenes have like their own sound and stuff and so historically i think that's less the case now with social media and music is able to get everywhere so you're not necessarily working from the same template of experiences as like people around you but i think that it's just really important that everyone is able to feel at home in the scene and they can be a part of it too because that's how you grow a scene (laughs) um just inclusivity i guess Three words that come to my brain are safety, inclusivity, and art in general. Safety, huge concern, always a concern. But if you're on top of it and you're prepared for whatever you think might happen, then you're much better off than if you're not prepared. Or if you don't think that something bad could happen, then bad things can happen. Inclusivity is very important because if people feel like it's a safe space for them to be and exist and be themselves to their full extent, then they're going to keep coming back because they'd rather spend their weekend at that venue rather than at a bar with a bunch of people that aren't like themselves. There's a big, huge bar scene of college kids. They all go to the bar every week, a couple times a week. Several times a week. (laughs) Several times a week. There's like a bar culture here that is very different than any of the house scenes. The scenes are much more inclusive than just going out to a public place like that where you can get in, you might not get in, and I don't know, you might need to know somebody to get in, you might need to be pretty to get in. When you have a scene like that, there's a space for people to come together that aren't able to go out and just enjoy themselves wherever they want to because they are from a background that some people don't accept. And if you go out to those bars and things like that, there's a much higher possibility that something very bad could happen than if you go to a house that has a lot of other gay people at it. If you go to a bar, there's so many things that people can just be critical of. Like, I always remember talking to people, meeting people at the bar when I would go. They would always say the same things. They'd talk about my body and they'd talk about things about me. And I'm like, okay, I've never met you. Why are you talking to me about these things? And why am I not accepted here? I'm just existing. Why are you coming up to me telling me these things? I don't need to know them. If I'm at the house show, nobody ever says anything to me except love and giving me confidence and supporting me, lifting everyone up. Also, I don't like going to spaces where it's just white dominated. Like the bars have much more white people than anything else. And if everyone feels welcome, I would rather be there because everyone's having more fun. I think that the local house show scene actually played like a pretty big part in my gender slash self-expression journey. And I knew I was non-binary before coming into college, but wasn't really able to express it in any way, like at all, pretty much. And I guess going to the house shows provided me with a safe space to experiment with these things. And it turned out that I really enjoyed expressing myself in not a heteronormative way. I don't think that I would have been able to find that or find it as quickly if I wasn't a part of the music scene. Surrounded by people that want to create like you do, it helps inspire you and gives inspiration. I think also it's just nice to have other people who you can 
relate to in a much stronger way than I think the house show scene does tend to draw not necessarily like the same kinds of people but like similar some of it is like ideologically similar but also like in terms of life experiences and stuff might have similar trajectories and so i think that it definitely like yeah yeah Yeah. just having a space where everyone can just i guess be themselves and create in any way that they do create is great to have and a lot of people that come here moved from somewhere else and they had their ways of creating when they were somewhere else and it's different when you move you have to find somewhere else to create and apply yourself and meet other people that like creating like you do and when there's just a scene like that that people can be into photography they can be into graphic art they can be in physical art they could be into fashion all of these different kinds of creative people can just come together and do what they love in a space together and everyone's just nice and accepting is so great because i would go to the bar and i would be dancing all night long and people would come up to me and be like why are you still dancing what why are you dancing still what are you doing you haven't stopped dancing or i'd be standing in a conversation at the bar and i'd be dancing the whole time and they would ask me why are you dancing and I'm like, why aren't you dancing? <laughs> like, right, why are people judging me for dancing right now? Like, <laughs> you know, and if you can just go somewhere like that and express yourself, you get to know yourself better if you're around people that accept you also. I came into the scene doing visual art, actually. Um, and I think that being a part of it let me expand my like options in terms of visual art but also let me get into this whole other field of like music and i feel like before being a part of the house show scene i was playing music but i wasn't being creative and after i guess i just kind of was put in the right circumstances where i felt like i was able to actually innovate and do something that i wouldn't have done before i feel like my art gets a lot of exposure because of the scene because there's more people that are watching and listening than they were before when you're writing songs in your bedroom and when you're writing songs in your bedroom and you don't know who to show it to or who you want to show it to or if you're ready to show it to anybody then one day you find somewhere where you can sing anything you want and people are will if it's good then people will think it's good and they will give you feedback and they'll listen and they'll dance that's an insane difference from like growing up and being a music nerd that everyone knew as a music kid that was it was weird to be a music kid it wasn't cool and now when you can actually apply what you've been working on your entire life in this scene like that everyone is like surprised by you because they never knew that you did this because you didn't show them that you did this and it was just something you did by yourself for years and worked on for your whole life but (laughs) if and it was behind closed doors always so once there's somewhere where you can actually apply it on a stage like that when you make your own stage people will come to your house and listen to it and they think it's cool they they all want to come they all want to listen to it they think it's cool to be fans of the musicians and it's interesting how all of us went from being music nerds to still music nerds. Music, still music nerds, but people think of us differently than we are. <laughs> yeah. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street, located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champaign, has been helping to build record collections since 2004. 
carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old-school gaming devotee. Exile also hosts regular free live music shows on its stage, so be sure to check out their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for the up-to-date details on the next upcoming event. Open seven days a week. They can be reached by phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. Welcome back. So, Red, what is your favorite non-musical thing or things? My cats and weed. Tell me a little bit about your cats. I have two cats. They're named Ryu and Toothless. And Ryu... Did you say Toothless? Yes. Nice. Yeah. So, Ryu means dragon in Japanese, right? I named him after a chief herbalist in an anime, um, which like witchcraft. Toothless was named after Toothless the Dragon from How to Train Your Dragon, but oh, he does okay. he does have teeth. So does Toothless from How to Train a Dragon. To yeah. be fair, yeah. So yeah, you got to be accurate to the character, you know. Yeah, I think right, that they fit fair. their names very well. Yeah. Toothless is a silly little guy. They're my little buddies. They're yeah, they're adorable. Yeah. They hang out with me all day long they follow me around they talk to me what should i ask about weed though that's the question so like i mean because you'd be like well what do you what's your favorite thing about weed um <laughs> right like what do, you, what do you say right like um i always get there's there's indica and then there's sativa sativa yeah. do you have a favorite hybrid Hybrid. Yeah, so you can do hybrid both yeah uh, maybe i'm one of the few people that just it doesn't it make it just makes me stupid like mm -hmm. and i don't i don't like feeling stupid and so that's maybe my own issues but it's always like i can't even hold a conversation oh yeah and it's so bad it's just like mm, not yeah. my but yeah. i don't i don't mind you know i'm i'm always for a contact high literally so mm -hmm. that's cool with me but yeah. um but yeah, just for some reason, I always just have too much, I mm -hmm. guess. I don't know. But I think it's also just like different people react to it differently. Yeah. And I know people who will get like literal opposite reactions from yes. like smoking the same weed. Like, right. And it's also like tolerance based. Yeah. And how many years you've done it or when you did it first. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true. Actually, um, so like, yeah. wait, because your endocannabinoid yeah. system doesn't oh, actually develop yeah. fully until you're like 25. So mm -hmm. if you do it before you're 25, your tolerance will change differently, and also like it can just have long-term effects on how weed affects you. Yeah, and if you have been doing it, it depends on oh. how many years you've been smoking. If how weed still affects you, most of the time it's like two, three years. If you've been smoking for that long but like consistently then you won't have negative effects really um huh. unless it's once in a blue moon but not really like then and then at that point your tolerance is much different than it was huh. in the beginning it's also different for everyone like, yeah yeah, yeah. I, well, I know people who only started getting bad effects after several years yeah, of doing it also sometimes you'll smoke too much weed and then you'll huh. get sick and yeah have you heard of oh. uh I'm going to say no. And uh, no, it's kidding. called CHS, cannabinoid hypermesis syndrome. It basically is just like you smoke too much weed and your 
you have you like vomit a bunch mm-hmm. and you have to go to the hospital and it really sucks i've never heard like that's even a thing yeah it's just like yeah you- and then after you get it you can't smoke weed anymore yeah. it'll like always make you feel that effect yeah oh yeah it's interesting yeah okay cool this is the <laughs> fun fact sven learns weed facts yeah. today this is awesome yeah so i guess you know gray what is your favorite non-musical thing or things this is a really difficult question i really love animals i think that sometimes i get along a little bit better with animals than i do with people but it depends on the right people i guess honestly i'd say that like mountains and like cool weather (laughs) honestly is like that's all i really need (laughs) i need mountain i need cold weather maybe a snowboard i'm set for life so i love snowboarding so you're in illinois i'm in (laughs) illinois i'm a little out of my out of my element are you are you originally from champaign urbana area i'm from chicago oh it's not like i grew up around mountains it's just like my favorite experience i guess this tattoo is of a mountain that i forced my family to climb with me i'm an enjoyer of elevation <laughs> where would you want to go if oh that's you a, were, i that's mean a if you were question. to move somewhere like oh to move somewhere or well i mean i guess we could go so i thought about this actually about moving somewhere okay i really like the mountains in the pacific northwest and i feel like okay. their weather is like really consistent which is what i need illinois sucks just okay. it goes from like the coldest like colder than the coldest winter that'll be in the pacific northwest because they have atlantic breezes that bring like warm air there uh-huh and it's hotter than it is in the summer there so it's just like worse on both extremes and i'm like definitely a a cool weather enjoyer i overheat very easily so i think that like yeah pacific northwest that being u.s or canada i guess outside the u.s like there's some european countries that i'm considering going to grad school in because i've whatever it doesn't matter i have an eu citizenship so i'm trying to get that free school nice Um, oh yeah yeah yeah. uh us when will you ever figure it out literally like we won't we won't won't. it's feels a bit like a lost cause but i know it's not (laughs) it's just like the us there's so much i guess disagreement about it and it seems like most people especially depending on the generation are very unwilling to accept change and the fact that we live in a different world than they did growing up and it's just very demotivating it's like this weird concept of uh, i don't know it's just because you suffered somebody else has to suffer right oh yeah yeah. right like Mm -hmm. and it's not even equating like even things because like okay yeah i understand the struggles that existed before many of them don't exist anymore but there's also a lot of new struggles that people are facing and economically speaking the u.s is in a much worse state than it was when a lot of these people were going to school but right right it's it's really about perspective i think people just like aren't really willing to step into other people's shoes Mm mm-hmm i don't know i don't know i can't like justify what they're doing because i'm not them but like that's what i interpret it as it's probably not though it's a mix of yeah yeah 
No, I. It's it. Yeah, I, I, I never understood the whole. Somehow, if you get something that someone else doesn't believe you have the right to, that it's like cheating or yeah. or it's like right. you're getting a free handout, and I'm just like, oh, well, that's not necessarily the case. It's like, are you dealing mm. with the same adversity that this person is yeah. is dealing with, or? Anyway, sorry. I I get what you're saying. Yeah. This is uh, the next episode of Sven gets on a soapbox <laughs> and tries to fix the world. People are really concerned about fair. Those are the same exact people that would be like, but life's not fair. Yeah, like, literally. Uh, I just feel like people will do what serves them best. And even when that ultimately is to the detriment of the people in their surroundings they're like okay but this is good for me so like why would i give a shit like mm -hmm. red and gray thank you so much for being on the show and telling me all about your song glitch and the champagne urbana music scene and your venue reds and telling me about your favorite non-musical things so thank you so much for being on the show it was a pleasure to be here Thank you for listening to Champagne is also a band podcast. This is Gray. This is Red. Reminding you, great, great music, music is out there. there. Go, Go find, find it where you live. your favorite thing about weed Yay. that's a wrap champagne is also a band you almost have an npr voice it's so good great music is out <laughs> Great music Wait, is no, out we need there. To, we need to time it. We need to time it. I did it. You did this, and then you started on one. <laughs> one, two, three. Okay. Okay, ready?